Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast listeners out there. Gus Kearns, Mike Randall, back at you. We are happy, honored, and humbled to bring you some college basketball tidbits during this preseason. We are getting closer to that season. Mike Randall, do, do you feel the fever? Do, do, do you feel like we're getting closer, or do you still feel like it's a little bit too far away to get too excited? This magic moment. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gus. Yes! I, I am officially addicted to the 30 for 30s. We've talked about this before. Right. I just made my wife, while my two kids, my son is naked, running around the house at the age of two, out of control. But I'm making my wife sit there and reminisce with me about the 1993 draft that you and I watched. You came over, uh, folks, to, to, to pull the curtain back, as Gus says, we love the NBA lottery. I think there's no one in America, or possibly the world, who got more excited for the NBA lottery than Gus and I. We would get, get, get together at each other's house and party. We would have beverages, sometimes an excessive amount, if you will. Um, no one was a few, driving. A few, a few times. No, no one was driving. So, but like we yeah. would party like hard for the NBA lottery. And, and Gus, what was better than the 1993 lottery with Weber going first? I erupted. And then there's a trade. For right. Anthony Hardaway and for, that, for a little penny and the Orlando 30 for 30 with Shaq and Penny was so good. I have watched it twice. My wife had to put our, our son to bed. She wants to finish it tomorrow because she wants to know how it's possible. That Wait, she, so, so, so your wife is actually going to finish the 30 for 30 for Orlando? She said tonight, I need to see the end. Of, yeah, I, she I, totally I, does. I mean, oh, 100%. It was so yeah. good. The whole day. She goes, I don't understand. That's what she said. Why did it not fall apart? Why did it fall apart? I said, <laughs> Well, goes, and that's the beauty. That's that. That's what makes the third. She party. goes. Did it? Did they not get along? Like little Penny. I don't. She said the phrase "little Penny." I said, "Well, no, they got along, but like, well, why did he leave? Well, he wanted to go to L.A., but he said it was a mistake. When does he say it's a mistake? Can I see this?" Meanwhile, my son's urinating on the floor, so we had to go. But like, anyway, so yes, it, <laughs> there you go. That's, that's the no clips. So, so little Penny. Everybody's in my head. Magic moment. The the NBA lottery. Reminiscing. Weber was dominating the whole thing. So the answer to your question five minutes later is yes. I am excited. I <laughs> cannot go. wait. So excited. I can't wait to see the seniors stick it to the freshmen. Chris Collins, Northwestern, Lonnie Baxter. Alabama, 3,000 people. Trayvon Blewett's back. Let's just get into it. That's that's beautiful. What a lead-in. <laughs> um, like, just, to, just to go back to the, the, the Weber uh, Little Penny draft in 93, um, Mike was highly invested <laughs> in Chris Weber getting drafted, you know, amongst all of our crew, you know, like our basketball team, our basketball crew, our, our, our other fellow hoop junkies. So as soon as, you know, this is like pre-Twitter and, you know, pre-that and, and pre-texting, you know, so as soon as he – as soon as Weber gets drafted, like it, it is like it, 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 – like everybody went bananas, right? Like everybody that was over just went crazy. Actually, I think I hear the song that I was playing when he got drafted. People don't understand, Gus. I, 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 that song uh, that we used for Alpha Undefeated Pie actually was me having a party at my house when Chris Weber was drafted. <laughs> he was incredible. 
Uh, and I wanted to see him and Shaq, but in the end, I think they made the right move. And as Shaq ended by saying, Shaq and Kobe should have been Shaq and Little Penny. Correct. And and how many times amongst uh, my wife, you and your wife, have we mentioned like Little Penny? Like oh, just so in cool. passing. And he it, Like Little Penny is now like a, a pop cultural like figure as far as like, you know, our lives. But I think in everybody's life, I think Little Penny has taken on like a, a different meaning. It's, Love Little Penny. It's so funny. It, you know, they, they admit it. They're just so refreshing and there's no animosity. Like Shaq's an extrovert, extrovert. Penny's an introvert. Penny goes, you know, he was more popular than me. And <laughs> Little Penny was more popular than me. It just was right, such right, a right. real. Penny was more popular than Penny, right? Yes, it, we talk about pulling the curtain back. It was pulling the curtain back. They're just so honest. And uh, and Shaq ended by saying he should have stayed in Orlando. That he got, yeah. he was. He goes, I was a kid. He got mad that Alonzo Mourning got 111 million dollars or whatever it is, 118 million. That was it. He basically admitted it. Like he was getting four, four for uh, four for eighty, and he's like, "That's good. That's great." I mean, what twenty-five year old kid was it? And then he sees Lonzo get one eighteen. He goes, "Well, I'm worth more than Lonzo." Yeah, of course he is. He's right. Um, but like you and I know now that we're older, like what does it matter? But like in the moment, like you can see right. him getting like worked up. It's just funny, but whatever. The, so it, I, I think it's you know brings it full circle. Like you're you're mentioning that like the, the contract talk there, but then you're also mentioning how like there's no animosity. You know why there's no animosity? Because they all got paid. They all got paid. They yeah, they all got, got paid. paid. Every everybody got paid. Whether whether it be like in that big contract or for Penny, like that one big contract, then multiple contracts. You know, afterwards, they all got paid and they're all happy. And I'm just happy to follow their story. I can't wait for your wife to watch the end of the Thirty for Thirty. I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Last thing, Let's roll. last thing, Gus. It's just such a shame because Nick Anderson was such a good player. To, to remember know. him for those four free throws is really unfair. It, the fact unfair. that he has that stigma attached to him forever for his professional life, not his personal life, but for, but his professional life is a shame because he's a borderline all-star player. Uh, he's a very good defender, uh, excellent three-point shooter, perfect player for that particular team. And that one moment is going to haunt his professional uh I don't know, timeline for the rest of his life. So, uh, again, I was a big Nick Anderson fan. I, I, I rooted for him to make one of those free throws. It's just a shame that one of those didn't go down. First pick, um, first pick ever for Orlando. And the idea, and I go back to this with Buckner, too. We talk with the Red Sox. The idea that the Magic got swept because Nick Anderson missed four free throws. Guys, the Magic got swept because the Rockets were better. And I have a hard time thinking that even if the Magic won the first game, that all of a sudden, Hakeem Olajuwon would not have dominated. I, I don't I don't see the correlation, but whatever. Uh, yeah, are we, are we forgetting? how good Hakeem was like again the guy's an all, literally an all-time great I mean everybody says like oh well you know uh you know Bird is a is a top 10 player and, and Shaq is a top 10 player like no Elijah Wan is legitimate pretty like he is if you're gonna like bring all these other guys up then Elijah Wan needs to be in the conversation for legitimate top 10 player of all time maybe top 12 he was that good and he's even better on NBA Jam Elijah Wan. <laughs> it was him and Kenny Smith. Am I, yeah, am I well mistaken? done? That's a good job right there. Very excellent. Good. excellent. Very good. So bringing it back to college basketball. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. yeah sorry. Thank you for leading us on our little, uh, you know, back uh, going back in memory lane uh, diatribe there. Um, we just wanted to look forward, play a little fortune teller and take a quick peek at a couple of things that Mike and I are looking forward to for the season. Uh Obviously, the the, the uh, pre-conference season. So we thought that um, we would just throw out a couple of things, bounce some ideas off each other, and have you guys just kind of chew on it as well. 
if you're like if you like you know our little you know I, I don't know like uh, walk down memory lane or stroll down memory lane uh, you know hit us up on the podcast uh, on Twitter at SDS podcast uh, please 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 don't forget to follow Mike he has a new handle it is at Randall Rant. Uh, it is a phenomenal follow. He will catch you up on fantasy football. Um, and if you'd like to email the show and you'd like to tell us, like, hey, guys, that was pretty funny, or please stop talking about the 30 for 30 or Little Penny, uh, you can email the show, sthspodcast at gmail.com. Efficiency of keystrokes, as always. Uh, Mike, do you just want to jump into one of the things that we're, talk- uh, we're looking forward to for this particular 2017-2018 college basketball season? Yeah, especially, Gus, because we talked last year about how great it was that college basketball kicked off with a bang with so many great matchups early oh, on, and it hooked us. It hooked us right away. Like when you fish, man, the bait on the end of the hook that just looks so tempting, and I bite it every time, right? That fish is going to come out of nowhere. It looks like, Gus, they have another massive hook for us early on in the season, doesn't it? Yeah, so, I mean, there's a couple of awesome, incredible, totally appealing uh, early season basketball tournaments. But the one that we wanted to concentrate on, because it does have a couple of our faves, it does have the defending national champion in it, is the the PK-80. Uh, we just want to give you a little rundown of who's in it, what we think, uh, what we're looking forward to, what we're hoping for, and then maybe a thing or two to keep an eye on along the way. Uh for the PK 80 out on the West coast. It's a really cool event. It's all Nike teams. Uh, it's sponsored by uh, the PK comes obviously from Phil Knight, uh, one of the founders of Nike. Uh, so he has this out, uh, on the West coast near the Nike headquarters. And he has a whole bunch of teams that are sponsored by Nike. And so we want to just, even though these are all Nike teams, these are still teams we want to pay attention to for sure. Can you, um, Gus? Can you believe that Phil Knight is eighty? That, that's the one that I had the hardest trouble with. He's eighty years old. That's why it's the eighty. It, gosh, I mean, that guy's gonna live to one hundred and twenty. I'm mean, seriously unbelievable. For real, I can. I, I'm not. This is not like a. I, I think this happened. This definitely happened. Like you know, last season uh, when we, you know, we're telling you guys like, uh, you know, try to stay up for this game. Try to stay up for this game. Stay up late. Be, you know, hashtag. Basketball narcolepsy. So I'm staying up for one of the Pac-12 games. Uh, Bill Walton's on the call, of course. Um, it was great. It was in Oregon, and 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 who's there? Phil Knight. And they did a, a small interview with Phil Knight, and I was like, oh, you know, guy looks great. Like he, he you know, he, he's enjoying the game. He, was, was that the Dylan Brooks game against UCLA? I don't know if it was a Dylan Brooks game. It very well might have been. Uh, where he hit the buzzer beater. Buzzer beater three. Yeah, UCLA. yeah, yeah. Now knock him from the unbeaten's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that might have been it. And I was just like, I, I, his age didn't even come to mind. Like that wasn't even part of my consciousness as far as like, oh, it sounded like he was sharp. It sounded like he was into the game. It sounded like he was really enjoying like his uh, part and role as far as uh, uh, impacting Oregon basketball and, and Oregon sports. Um, so, yeah, like 80, that sounds crazy. I, I hope that we're kind of, you know, still doing something like this when we're 80. That'd be amazing. Heck yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we have uh, – well, uh, how about – do you just want to go – because it's a cool setup. They have two separate brackets. Do you just want to go through the two separate brackets and then maybe wish for or hope for who matches up in those two separate brackets? Oh, with pleasure. We have the victory bracket and the motion bracket. Who do you want to start with first? <laughs> oh, man. Let, you know what? Let's just go with uh, the North, North Carolina bracket because that is the national champion and we should start there. Uh, one of the local teams, Portland, uh, gets an invite and they play North Carolina in – 
the session one on uh, November 23rd, which means it's like only two months away. That, that, that sounds amazing. Isn't that appealing that that game is only two months away? This magic moment. <laughs> I love that you're breaking into song and not me breaking into song. That's beautiful. You think the listeners have figured out that's the song we're going to play when this podcast is over yet or not? What do you think? <laughs> Spoiler alert there, folks. Uh, please don't fast forward through it. Mike and I have a bunch of stuff to talk about. Oh my god! Uh, but but if you need to, please do. Uh, that'd be great. Uh, so you always love when one of these big tournaments gives the little guy a shot, and they're totally giving the little guy a shot here against North Carolina. But um, I think Terry Porter uh, in Portland is going to come up a little bit short against North Carolina. So I can totally see North Carolina moving on. But there is a losers bracket as well, so there's something to pay attention to there. It's not just like you lose and you're done. You do have another opportunity to pull an upset. So Portland does have a couple of opportunities here to get a big win. Uh, I don't know if I see it happening, but there is that you know there is that chance for them, which could make a great early season story. We, uh, Mike, do you see do you see North Carolina stumbling against Portland at all? No, we we love that the West Coast Conference is represented here. Portland last year was eleven and twenty two, two and sixteen in conference. Of course, we're well aware this year, Gus, that the West Coast Conference is simply going to be the food on the plate of Hackman Landell and the St. Mary Scales. Uh, but regardless, uh, Portland, it's great to see him in there. Terry Porter, right, uh, brings star quality. Very excited for that. They are going to play Carolina. We know Carolina National Championship. Roy Williams, old Roy, doing what he does best. They do have Joel Berry back, Theo Pinson, Luke May, of course, with the class. Kenny Williams should actually be pretty decent. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I think this is a win for North Carolina, certainly. But it's great to see Portland represented and should be a fun game, especially uh, out there. You never know. You know, c- going across uh, cross country there, Portland fans travel. Could be fun. Good for them. Good for the little guy. Yeah, and, and you know, we, I think this is right in your wheelhouse, right? Whenever that one of those West Coast teams goes to the East Coast to play that one o'clock game, you always think it's a little fishy just because their body clocks are off a little bit. Perhaps that's the same situation here for North Carolina, but I, I can't really see that happening early season. Uh, Arkansas and Oklahoma, two teams that have had past success, two teams with great coaches, two teams that do have stud players but two teams with a little bit of an uncertainty. So I think there's a little mystery to this game, and this game is going to be like maybe a truth-telling game for both of these programs for the 2017-2018 season. Um, If I was going to lean one way, I I think I'm going to lean Kruger and the impact freshman for Oklahoma simply because I think Arkansas just doesn't have enough athletes after losing what they've lost last season. But I wouldn't be surprised if the game went either way personally. Yeah, Lon Kruger. There's a lot of talk about Lon Kruger. The, the, you said it with the with the incoming people, with the recruiting class coming in. He's got a decent shot here to do some things. They were 11 and 20 last year in the Big 12, five and 13 in conference. But Lon Kruger does a fantastic job. Trey Young is one of the top recruits in the country. He Love could, Young. He could be yeah, newcomer of the year. Uh, Cameron Mcgusty is back. He was newcomer last year, and he could be all Big 12 if he has a good year. Kadeem Latin, of course, shot changer. So there's a lot of of positivity coming out of Oklahoma. They got a good class already next year signed. So right. I think this is going to be interesting. Arkansas, you know, they lost Dusty Hannah. They lost Moses Kingsley. Uh, Manuel Watkins even was a six points per game guy. Uh, Mike Anderson is going to press. He's going to get up and down the floor. It's a good style matchup here. It should be an exciting game. Right. If I got to go either way. Uh, you know, gosh, I'll probably in Oklahoma. 
Yeah, I yeah, like Lon Kruger. It's 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 a tough one, uh, but Arkansas was very very interesting. They they gave in um, they were twenty six and ten last year. They were twelve and six in the SEC. They gave North Carolina all they could handle. Oh in yeah, that second round game, and I think we talked sure about did. it last time, Gus. What North Carolina had to end the game on a twelve zero run, something like that, over the last two minutes, two two yeah, and a half they, minutes they, like that. North they, Carolina was losing with three minutes to go. We say this all the time. Did it get to a point where I genuinely thought that North Carolina could lose one hundred percent? What right. it was there, I was definitely like they're in trouble. You get to that point, it's a good job. That was the eight nine game, I guess, right against the one. But uh, absolutely. I'll, so, I'll take Arkansas, but I think it's cl- I'll take Oklahoma, but I think it's close. I, and that pre- prevent, presents like an intriguing matchup already. Let's like let's say North Carolina and Arkansas move on, so you have that rematch from last year's tournament right there that already you know that already invites some intrigue, without question. Um, and then further down in that particular bracket, uh, I, I think this is the coolest game. I think this is the most intriguing game. I think this is the most interesting game. You have Connecticut and Oregon. Two uncertainties facing each other that are traditional powers. Uh, Oregon finally got to that Final Four last last season. Uh, Connecticut had an unbelievably down season last season due to its injuries. Um, Oregon brings a whole bunch of transfers in and brings an impact uh, freshman in at Brown. And Connecticut has its injury woes aside and gets any of their, um, I don't know, maybe – against the grain players out of the system uh, with some transfers. So you feel like Connecticut is a little bit whole again. Um, if I'm going to lean one way, I think Oregon needs a little time to get all their pieces together. So I think early on they might sputter and just struggle in the half court and especially in uh, tight game situations. So give me Connecticut here to move on. But I think Oregon is going to be fine down the road. I just think early on in that first or second game situation, they might run into some actual like real-time uh, offensive set and defensive set troubles. I'm going to go the other way. I don't think Oregon, after a final four year, even though they lost a lot, playing right. in this game with Connecticut coming cross country, Jalen Adams is the real deal for Connecticut. He's a legit player of the year in the AAC. I think Oregon's going to mesh well enough early on, even with everything else that with the transfers, Elijah Brown, Tony Brown coming in with a lot of hype. I know they lost Bell, Benson, Dorsey, Brooks, Chris Boucher, Dylan Innes, but he does have the transfers we talked about. McIntosh, Paul White. I'm going to lean Oregon. I think it's a close game. I agree with you. If this game was at a neutral site, I think UConn wins. I'm just going to go with the PK-80 sort of yeah, mojo, yeah. and they squeak out. But I agree with you. I think it is a fantastic game and very, very close and very exciting. Uh, and then, of course, the bottom of that bracket is Michigan State and DePaul. Uh, DePaul is like your lovable loser. You're just happy that they're invited to the party. And Michigan State is reloaded and has one of the, you know, I, I, I'm looking at a picture of him right now. He has, you know, Michigan State possibly has one of the potential players of the year in Miles Bridges, uh, has an impact freshman coming in, and has a bunch of uh, sophomores returning to play with Bridges. I mean, there's no way that Michigan State gets gets tripped up in this early season matchup, right, Mike? Hashtag protect your neck. That's what this first game is going to be. <laughs> Michigan State is going to roll. Interesting. This was supposed to be Georgetown. Gus, right, Georgetown right. was supposed yes. to be in. Ewing Good. pulled him out. I kind of get it. Maybe Ewing feels they're not ready. I understand that. DePaul jumped at the chance. Why? 
Dave uh, Dave Lieto is probably like, hey, I mean, we're getting to play here big time in the, in the in, in a prominent game. Let's go. This this may not happen often, but uh, Ellie Kane returning, Max Struss for she could be newcomer of the year for the Blue Devils. They'll be okay. They'll battle as hard as they can there in in the in the conference. Um, it's a second year, Dave uh, Lieto, but. It's going to be Michigan State early. It's going to be often. It's going to be protect your neck. Helicopter City, Player of the Year, Miles Bridges, preseason, during season, postseason. Yeah, protect your neck. Let's let's move over to the other bracket. Motion, uh, motion. <laughs> motion. Motion bracket. Love motion, right? When teams run motion. Get screening, get moving. Love it, guys. Uh, what a what a great call. We're going from uh, Tom Izzo, who has eighty two like quick hitters that his players memorized to motion. Just get screening and moving. You know what that means? I recruited well. If all I have to say on offense is get screening, get moving, right? Okay. Like who? I'm trying to think on our team. Who yelled out motion when we tried to run the motion offense? Was that was that Thomas McQuaid that did that? It could have been. It could have been Thomas McQuaid. Frank used to yell it out too, but Frank would yell it out because he knew he was getting the ball back to shoot a three. So, right. Yeah, <laughs> right. motion, motion. And you can picture this, folks. Me with my rec specs running around just trying to screen air. You know, everybody's like, well, who's, <laughs> who's the kid in the corner that's got issues? You know? Stop it. Meanwhile, Kern's getting winked at by girls and hitting threes at the buzzer. You know, and I'm just still, I'm trying to, I'm trying to screen a stop sign over in the corner. Gus is, Gus, Gus is like, uh, come on over here, Mike. We're over here, buddy. Thanks. Thanks, man. Thanks. Uh, so Portland State and Duke, again, Portland State, I feel like it's a little hometown love here and gets a great draw versus Duke. I mean, it's an unbelievable opportunity, but, I mean, we've gone over Duke's rundown, the freshman they have coming in, and Allen coming back as a senior, uh, Marquise Bolton coming back as a sophomore, as an impact. Uh, I mean, Portland State, you love that they're, you know, the locals are getting represented here uh, with Portland, Oregon, Portland State, and we'll get to Gonzaga a little bit later, but... I mean, Duke's going to move on here, and I think it's going to be a little bit of a showcase for how much talent they have and what that talent can do. So I, I, as much as we're rooting for the underdog and the little guy in Portland State, uh, I think Duke's just going to move on simply here and just kind of like dust their hands with this game and be done with it. Yeah, I love the little, little person, but I can't make an argument here. Listen, congratulations to Portland State. They have a new 3,000-seat arena to work with uh, come March, which will be very exciting. But Barrett Peary is the coach. It's his first year. And what does he get? He gets to play Duke in the PK-80. So I don't think it's going to go well. But we're very happy for Portland State that they'll be in there, and we look forward to seeing them in the consolation bracket after their first-round loss. Well said. Thank you. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> But the real game in this particular, in the motion bracket, that's super intriguing. I mean, there's two games that are super intriguing in this one, Um, Butler and Texas. I mean, you're talking about Jordan as a new coach at Butler. You're talking about a down season at Texas with Shaka Smart, and they bring in Mo Bamba. So there's two, again, it seems like they're very similar to the Oregon-UConn game, where there's a little bit of uncertainty with Oregon losing all their players and bringing a bunch of transfers, and um, Oregon uh, and, and UConn bringing all their players back from injury. Butler bringing in the new coach. And Texas coming off a season where they were ranked preseason last season and then fell on some hard times, ran into some injuries, and didn't live up to expectations. And now they have a new season. Both these teams have new seasons to, to, to go ahead and spread their wings. Uh, I, I'm just intrigued to see what happens with both programs this season. I don't really have a prognostication or a prediction of how either one of these teams are going to do long term. But I think short term, I don't think Butler is going to have any size to match 
Mo Bamba inside and outside because the kid can shoot it. And also, let's not forget about Texas's backcourt with Jones and Roach Jr. I think those guys are unbelievably athletic. So I think Texas is going to throw out a little too much athleticism for Butler to deal with. But I can totally see Butler and Jordan doing exactly what Butler does, is maybe falling early, similar to how Butler played North Carolina last year, maybe getting in a little hole early, then fighting back and making the game respectable. This is the storyline game, Gus. Butler with Laval Jordan. It's his yeah. first year. How is he going to do? They were 25-9 and nine last year, 12-6 and six in the Big East, had a nice run in the tournament. They, uh, they got Kamar Baldwin, who is unanimous all-freshman in the Big East. They have great recruiting class, maybe their best recruiting class ever coming in. Right. Aaron Thompson uh, as, yeah. as at the point guard there. Yeah, and Jordan, a, Jordan held on to a bunch of those guys. 100%. Keelan Martin, of course, coming back, and he, he's an explosive scorer. That's going to be fascinating against Texas, and I'm finally starting to see in a lot of these prognostications and previews. I've been saying this for a while. Folks, Shaka smart, Smart's on the hot seat. I mean, this is year three, yeah. guys. They gave him a lot of money. You and I say it all the time. You got paid, you get paid a lot of money to win games down here, Shaka. Okay, eleven and twenty-two last year, four and fourteen in the Big Twelve. They finished tenth, and I understand they went through some trouble last year. They lost Jared Allen to the NBA, and last year they lost Tevin Mack. They kicked him off midseason. I understand that, but folks, it's put up a shut up time for Shaka. If he has another underachieving year. They're going to start calling for him down there. Now, he's got a tremendous recruiting class. Mo Bamba was, was huge. He was number two overall player. You mentioned Curran uh, Roach Jr. Don't forget about Eric Davis Jr. Okay, just right. Uh, yeah, I forgot about Davis. Yep. Gus loves Eric Davis uh, from the Cincinnati uh, back in the uh, totally. 80s and 90s. He, st- he, he stole 80 bases in a season. Crazy. And, and Are we aware of that? And it was the most aggressive swing I've ever seen in my life. If you don't, yeah. look up Eric Davis' home run, you'll see what I'm talking about, folks. But, yeah, okay. I think this is a great game. It's it's fantastic. It's Texas with the, the high-flying players, Andrew Jones as well, versus uh, Butler with the new coach. This is a great game. I have no idea who's going to win this game, but I think it's a, it's, it's a, it's a fascinating storyline game for sure. Just because both teams are really intriguing for the season, and to be totally honest, like Shaka Smart is kind of in the same position Charlie Strong was last year, right? Yeah, very good. It, I mean, they're they're calling for it. Texas, Oh, nobody's talking about it. Maybe just because we're on the East Coast here, but this—I I guarantee you—they're like Shaka. Okay, you know, here, you know, it's havoc, the whole thing. Let's see it, big guy. So, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think they're kind of throwing their hands up to their sides, being like, "Okay, like we're we're waiting for it. Where is it? Are you coming with it?" Yep. I, I, I think this year with the two guards that he has, and I think with Bamba up front, I think he has the recipe to find success. I wouldn't be surprised if Texas does the opposite of what it did last year, where it lost a whole bunch of games you thought it would win early on. I wouldn't be surprised if Texas wins a couple of games you don't think it's going to win early on because of the talent they have and because I think Shaka realizes that the hot seat is on and and, and the microscope and, and, and the eyes are on him and, and people are questioning for the first time in his in his professional career. Yeah, if you think about it, like like – he he had kind of a Cinderella ride where it was just like, okay, you know, Shaka's doing his thing in VCU and it, like nobody's going to doubt him. I think this is the first first time in his professional career where people are doubting his abilities as a coach. So I, I think he's going to answer the bell. Gus, you and I are back at college. We're attending TCU. We're going out there right now. We're going to make shirts. We're going to make shirts that say Texas, second best basketball school in the state of Texas just to rub it into them. You're not going to last much longer, even though Jamie Dixon's over at TCU, if you're not better than TCU down there in Texas. So Shaka better get it going. I think this is a fascinating game. Fascinating. 
P.S. It could be third best team if we throw an SMU or something like that, right? Hundred like, percent. Yeah, that's not going to last long. Oh. Yeah, and if we look at the if we look at the Big Twelve standings, we can also throw like Texas Tech in there last year. Like that 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 number may go may go higher and higher as far as that T-shirt goes. Like you may you may have a lot of buyers on that. Need to get need uh, to get some more friends of the program down in Texas. You know what I mean, Gus? I think so. <laughs> the other intriguing game in the motion bracket is uh, Florida and Stanford. Uh, we, Mike and I were both on Florida last year. Uh, you know, Eric Foster tur- turned us on to Florida as far as an impact program and Mike White doing the right thing. And they had everything rolling last year. They had uh, Hill at the point guard. They had Kevon Allen. They had yeah, Barry off the bench. Uh, they had their bigs down low. Um, but I think there's a little bit of uncertainty. They do have a solid backcourt coming back. They have Chioza coming back. And they have Allen coming back uh, for an unbelievable backcourt um, but I think the questions up front are legitimate, and I think the injury trouble um, and the uncertainty, uh, especially with Abugnu coming back um, for Florida, does raise a little bit of a question mark. But I tell you right now, Stanford was one of those teams I loved. I, 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 I read off uh, why I like Stanford on the who's going to be the next uh, South Carolina uh, on that particular podcast over the summer, and I think Stanford – led by uh, Reed Travis with their dual point guards um, and then some of their impact freshmen coming in. I think Stanford's going to be an issue in the Pac-12, and I think they're going to be an issue for Florida. So if I was leaning one way in this particular game, I I think I'm going to go Cardinal. I think I'm going to go Stanford here. Interesting game. You know, if Devin Robinson had stayed at Florida, Gus, you can make a legit case that they are not only a Final Four, but a sleeper for a national championship. But I still think that Florida is loaded. I, I would still put the loaded title on them. Okay. You, you bring back Kevon Allen, Chris Gioza, John Abugnu's back. This is a good team. I and, and I believe in Mike White. I was a little hesitant to get on the Mike White bandwagon last year, but after yeah. he called the team out against Duke in the garden, I kind of bought in. I agree, though. Stanford is a very under-the-radar team. He went through all the reasons. Reed Travis, the backcourt, Robert Cartwright, who was 12, 12 starts as a freshman. Dorian Pickens is back. He was 12.6 per game and 3.5 rebounds. Marcus Sheffield's a good wing for them. They got four-star recruit Dejon Davis. They recruited well. 14 and 17 last year. Pac-12 record was 6 and 12. They're going to be much improved, and they'll take him as far as Reed Travis will. Uh, I kind of like Florida in this game. Yeah. I, I do, but I, I, I think... I think they're a notch below the top national champion contenders right now, but they're pretty good, and Kevon Allen is the real deal. So I think uh, I'm going to lean Florida, but I'm excited to see Reed Travis because he could be dominant. I agree. Okay, so here's an interesting question just coming out of this game in general. Who do you think is going to average more points per game during the whole entire season? Do you think it's going to be Reed Travis or Kevon Allen? Oh, Wow. That's a toughie. Gosh, I'm gonna say Kevon Allen. Really, I, I, I am. Okay. I, I, he's so flammable, and I like he, Mike White's system because he he has people in roles. You know, Canyonberry came off the bench last year, and he stuck with it. Kevon Allen is going to be a big time score for them. He has to be. So right. Chioza, Ibunu, but it's gonna go to Allen, and I see him just getting exponentially more shots than he got last year. He was first team all SEC. I'll go with him. You never know, Reed Travis, foul trouble. Gosh, what a good question. What a good question. So, you know what? I think I might lean the same way, even though I love Reed Travis. 
And can't you see? Can't you see Kevon Allen getting as many shots as like I don't know? Remember, you remember Kenny Boynton from a couple years yeah, ago? Yeah, yes, yeah. I can't you call. see him getting yes. that many shots except with like more efficiency numbers and like making? I, w- I think I was the biggest Kenny Boynton fan. Of <laughs> yeah, you were. I yeah. loved Kenny Boynton. Yeah. I, I, he may have gotten worse as his years went on a little bit. Uh, you know, almost you know, very very similar to uh, Casey Hill. But I, he, I loved Kenny Boynton. I, I thought he was tremendous. All right, and then the final game in the motion bracket for the PK. 80 is uh, Ohio State with their newly minted coach, which is interesting that Butler and Ohio State are in the same bracket. So if like things break right, either oh, that wrong, was on purpose, that right. on purpose. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, no, that was on purpose. Um, so Ohio State is going to play Gonzaga, and I, I, you know, no secret here. I'm, I'm I'm going Gonzaga. I'm really high on Gonzaga this particular year, even if other people aren't. I think their backcourt is unbelievably athletic and absolutely underrated athletically. I think it's one of the most athletic backcourts in the entire nation. I think they're going to have enough bigs down low uh, with what they have coming back. And I'm calling for Jonathan Williams to have a little bit of an extend, uh, expanded role uh, on the offensive end. And I think Ruru Hachimura is going to have an impact, maybe not like a gigantic impact, but I can see him having an impact that was similar to what Jonathan Williams did last year. Maybe give Rue like 10-ish points, maybe like 6-ish boards, uh, be a little bit of a factor on the defensive end with a block or a block and a half game. And, yeah, I can really see him maybe not going bananas, but definitely being a factor. I think Gonzaga has this game written all But at the same time, I'm totally intrigued to see what uh, Coach Holtman does with Ohio State here and see the changes that he makes and see if they play a similar style and with similar urgency that his teams played with at Butler. I'm going with young Gonzaga. Holtman's got a a pass here. He got into the game late. Uh, Totally. Gonzaga, the mojo, Mark Few, everything you mentioned uh, with Hajimuro, with Jonathan Williams, with Killian Tilly. Silas Melson, I'm with you. I'm going Gonzaga here. I, Jay, Jay Sean Tate and uh, Keita Bates-Diop is back. I just don't think it's enough. Uh, I, I like Gonzaga, especially out on the West Coast. They're not losing this game. So, absolutely. Mark Few, enough. I, I'm done. I'm done going against Gonzaga. That's my new – I'm just done. We're not, we're not doing it anymore. Not doing it anymore. P.S. How nuts is that arena going to be with Gonzaga fans? Yeah, right. there's, no there's no yeah. chance. There's no chance. Right? And, 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 you know, I sat here, and every time you look through any of your previews or I take my notes, for some reason, Gonzaga St. Mary's are right next to each other. And if I stare at one more picture of Jonathan Williams and Jock Landell on the same page, <laughs> I just can't look at it anymore. The guy is in foul trouble every single time they play Gonzaga. It's gonna ha- it's gonna happen again. I'm just letting you know right. Uh, now. I, yeah, that's, that's fine. I can't wait for it. And you know, I'm gonna pick St. Mary's again. We'll have a song or something like that, some party or something. And it's, right. two fouls laying down the bench. Jonathan Williams for three. Oh, what a shot by Silas Melson. I know. Here it comes. I can say it. Here we go. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that game. That's gonna be so great. That's gonna be great to do a rundown on that. Um, Mike, what else do you have? Uh, so that's like our little rundown for the PK80. We're not gonna go much further than the match, uh, the initial matchups, because we don't want to, you know, necessarily, uh, you know, talk about games that aren't actually gonna happen that are just unbelievably hypothetical at this point. Um, but it, look, if I was looking forward to um, the motion bracket, I mean, obviously we'd love to see, you know, Duke and Texas. I think that'd be really cool. I, I think uh, Gonzaga getting through to play Duke would be pretty pretty interesting as well. Obviously, I think everybody wants to see Michigan State in North Carolina. 
But I don't think it'd be crazy if uh, you know Connecticut or Oregon came out of that bracket either. Um, so I think there's a lot of possibilities here. Uh, I, I think the I, I think the name appeal and the big market names here are are what the draw is, and and each one of these teams does have like a storyline to it. So I think you know all of those storylines are worth paying attention to. Um, Mike and I have brought you through a couple of them, um, but you know and, and, and you know the big picture obviously. Do we want to see Duke, North Carolina again? Sure, why not? Right, that'd be okay. A hundred percent, of yeah, course. Hundred percent. Yeah. I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. You know, imagine if they play like, imagine if they could play like, you know, four times. You know, uh, once here, once ACC, once ACC tournament, and then once in the tournament. Like, I'm I'm okay with that. Like, why not just get us get it rolling here? Get that storyline going in the in the initial uh, you know opening uh, weekend tournament. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> Uh, so Gus, all I got here, and then we can wrap up, is I want to give you a little rapid yeah. fire. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw some things at you. I want you to clear your head. I want you to do some mindfulness training right now. Okay, just want you to react to what I say. I'm gonna ask you questions. Okay. Yes, sir. Here we go. Miles Bridges, Player of the Year. Yes or no? No, I don't think he's gonna be Player of the Year. I think there's gonna be too much uh, variety, and I think there's gonna be. I think the player of the year race is going to be stretched out to about five or six players. Whereas last year it was basically Frank Mason, the third and Biggie. I think you're going to be talking five players up until conference tournament time. I think he will be one of those five players, but I don't think it's going to be lock, stock and barrel. Miles Bridges is the player of the year. Bill Self wins his 14th straight Big 12 title. Yes or no? Yes, sir. Lock it up right now. This is a screen the screener preseason call. Absolutely, Kansas wins its 14th straight. Lock it up. Villanova, more likely to make the Elite Eight or more likely to have a second round upset in the NCAA tournament this year? Listen, it's pretty easy on my end. I think it's much more feasible for them to be upset in the first or second round. That's why I said first or second round. I think I think that one eight game could happen all over again, and I can see them being a four or a five seed and then losing in the first round even. I, I, I think they're very vulnerable. I love Brunson. You love Spellman. He's gonna be he's super talented. You love to get Booth back. But I think they are a little bit I think they're vulnerable because they don't have the I'm gonna go get a basket star like they did with Hart, and they were kind of spoiled with Josh Hart for those four years. Finish this sentence. The leading point-per-game score for Wichita State will be? Uh, Marcus McDuffie. I think McDuffie will be, uh, and by the way, that's going to be like 12 or 13 points a game. There's nobody on that team that's going to average more than 15 points a game. That's why I asked it. Yeah. I give you the option, Duke or the field for the national title. Who are you taking? Field. Not even a question. Too much uncertainty with all the freshmen coming in. And obviously, we've seen the uncertainty with Grayson Allen, their top returning player. Over under St. Mary's conference finish, end of year, one and a half over or under in the West Coast Conference. (laughs) Okay, here's... We didn't talk about this before the pod, but I have it ready because I was thinking about it. I think that they are going to win the regular season title. Wow. And I think they are going to lose in the conference okay. tournaments wow. in Zaga. Very good. I can How's see that. that. Excellent. Is that Very good? Good. Is that good? Absolutely. Okay. 
Over under Northwestern seed in the NCAA tournament four and a half over or under. Under, I think they'll be a five, six, or seven, and I think they're going to be a real dangerous five, six, or seven. North Carolina seed NCAA tournament four and a half over under. Oh, that's right on the number because I think they're going to be down because they don't have the reliable bigs that they usually have. I know that they got uh, Johnson, the transfer from Pitt, but that that's one guy, and they like to rotate three or four guys in and out of that position. I, I, that's right at the number. You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say UNC is going to be a five, so let's give them the under. A couple quick ones here. Percentage chance, Gus. Percentage okay. chance Notre Dame wins the ACC. Ooh, good question. It's got to be about 9, 10, 11%. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, very good. Duke is really good. North Carolina is going to be decent. Louisville is going to be really good. Let's not sleep on Miami. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's too many top teams for them to, if it was you know just Duke and then they had just had to leapfrog them, I'd give it a higher percentage, but I think they have to leapfrog maybe two or three teams. So how about 11%? A couple more and then we're out of here. Percentage chance the Louisville Cardinals make the final four? Ooh, wow. That's a great question, Mike. How about we give that a slightly higher percentage? How about we give that like a 17 to 18% chance? Okay. How about we give them a an elite eight type path? But obviously, we need to see the matchups. So, how about uh, Louisville to the elite eight with a slight chance to get to the final four? Give me a word that describes this statement. I'm going to say a statement and tell me what word pops into your mind. If Michigan State does not win the Big Ten, the Minnesota Golden Gophers will. What do you think of that statement? One word. Incorrect. If we're going to go another team besides Michigan State to win the Big Ten, I think it's going to be Purdue. Okay. I think Purdue has enough coming back in enough places, and I think their matchups with Michigan State are actually favorable in some of those matchups. And even though Michigan State does bring back uh, experienced sophomores, maybe they run into a couple of those tough road games, maybe one of those tough road games being at Minnesota. You know, one of those other tough road games being in Iowa. You know, like there's always some of those tough road games that they run into. So I think, no, not Minnesota, maybe Purdue. What's the word that pops to mind when I say this statement? Javon Carter is the Big 12 player of the year. (sighs) How about about possible slash unlikely? Okay. Unbelievably possible. Like we ran down him in one of our best backcourts in the nation, of course, with uh, Daxter Miles Jr., no doubt. Uh, will he be defensive player of the year? Probably. I, I just think his offensive numbers are going to be down just a notch from being the player of the year. I could see him being either second or third. How's that? Fair enough. Kevin Willard will not be coaching the Seton Hall Pirates after this season. Reaction? I think that is a false statement. I think that he has the guys that he wanted in the positions that he wanted them in currently. As soon as Angel Delgado decided to come back and not go in the draft, and he has those two, uh, he has Carrington, uh, he has Powell, uh, and uh, he has Desi coming back. I I think he's got too much talent there. I think they're going to be a factor in the Big East. I think they might even challenge Villanova for the Big East title. I think they're going to be a factor in the garden for the uh, Big East uh, tournament. And I think they have enough players on the perimeter with Delgado inside to give people problems in the tournament. I think he's coming back. 
because of his performance that his team will put forward this season. Can I modify the statement? If the Seton Hall Pirates do not make the NCAA tournament this year, Kevin Willard will not be coaching this team next year. True statement. Okay. Hey, that's what I was thinking about. And last one. Ben Simmons didn't make the NCAA tournament. Markel mm-hmm. Fultz didn't make the NCAA tournament. Mo Bamba won't make the NCAA tournament. Reaction? Ooh, wow. You know what that means? Shaka Smart's seat just got upped by about 400 degrees, if that's the case. Because Bamba is out of there after one year. I'm sure uh, Jones, the uh, point uh, slash shooting guard, will be out of there. And I'm sure Roche might even think about jetting out of there to go play overseas or, or in the D-League. Wow, that would, be, that would be a disaster. That would be an unmitigated disaster. If they didn't make the tournament with the talent that they have now after the year that they had last year, oh boy. Again, Charlie Strong all over again. Rapid fire uh, segment went well. We got to bring that back some more. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm down with that. That, that was good. Hey, those are great questions. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, listeners out there, thank you so much for carving out some time for the Screen the Screener podcast. Uh, we're, Mike and I are just really, really excited that this many people are tuning in during the offseason and that you're coming to us to get your college basketball fix. So, thank you for coming to us to get your, you know, your hoops junkie fix. We, we totally appreciate it. We just want to give a couple of hoys out there to a couple of our uh, newer followers on Twitter and a couple of our new listeners. We want to say ahoy out there at Bison Road Warrior. Go Bucknell, baby one of the favorites in the conference for sure. And we want to say ahoy out there to at RC85AG. Keep doing your thing as a teacher and a coach and keep making a difference with the student athletes that you interact with. Cheers, salancha, gratulatia. Uh, Mike, uh, anything else you want to tell the listeners out there? Yeah, I want to test you, my friend. Who is the second pick in the 1993 NBA draft? Second pick? Well, Weber went Weber first, Weber Penny two. went third. Third. Who was two? Mashburn was four. Oh, geez. Um, I'm not going to come up with it super fast. Who do you got? I think you will. Philadelphia 76ers pick second. Was it uh, Clarence Weatherspoon? No. Much taller. Much taller. Much taller. Uh, (laughs) Much less effective. Oh, Sean Bradley? That's it. There it is. Uh, That's terrible. Wow. Thank you, folks. This magic magic moment. Here it comes.